What's up, everyone? My name is Joshua Rubin, and this is the Wide Awake Podcast. Today, my guest is Umdalaga, and he is a refugee from Burundi who was also taken captive uh, and forced to be a child soldier when he was when he was very young. Um, welcome to the studio, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, bef- before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Burundi and the war that happened there? Um, the war which happened there is the civil war. Uh, was uh, started nineteen ninety four, and it uh, was a uh, war about uh, tribalism. Was a tribal uh, about uh, Hutu and Tutsi. And how old were you when the war started? Uh, I was plus minus about uh, seven, six, uh, about there or eight. I'm not sure. It's been so long, and the, <laughs> I don't know how old I was. You know, and the old I am. So you don't know how old you are now. Yeah, my parent was not exposed academical, so could not be able to tell me um, my age until they died. They died before told me how old I was. Yeah, but when I look now, um, a child of uh, seven, six, uh, I, I assume I was about that age. Yeah. That must be terrible not knowing when your birthday is and how old you are. I mean... What is that like for you? Uh, it, it's been so very tough, but uh, now I got used to it, you know. <laughs> but it's been um, very, very tough because uh, you don't know when is your birthday, you don't know when, when you were born, you don't know how old you are. So it's quite a challenge, you know. Uh, and uh, it's a tragic life for someone to be like that. Yeah, I agree because your age is also part of your identity, you know. And as you grow up and you mature, uh, I know age is just a number, but it's it's something we as people kind of hold on to very dearly, you know. So I don't, I can't even imagine how much how tough that must be. Yeah, I see. I mean, uh, way back it was uh, like uh, when I came in the country, I was a bit young, and uh, I was looking for job. When people was like, "How old are you?" I can't tell. So I miss, I mean, I miss opportunity which I could get. Um, because of age. So age is very important for, I think, for anybody. For a lot of things, yeah. And what was your childhood like in, in Burundi before the war happened? Uh, it was very tough, you know. Uh, I was born from very poor family, you know. Uh, and there were quite a lot of us. My mother was adopting a lot of children, Um we were 12 of us, 12 of us uh, but biological we, t- we were two, you know, uh, but all about the same age. So it was very difficult, you know. Um, it was a single mother to raise that children. It was, a, I mean, a unbelievable, uh, tough. And I think if we should just get straight into it, um, can you tell me about the day that the incident happened with you and your family um, when when the war first impacted your life? Um, I can't remember date or uh, month or, you know. I just I can remember that I was um, praying in the shores of Lake Tanganyika and suddenly I hear a loud voice. Uh, me being young, I couldn't know if it's a gun or is anything. And for any child, always you run to a mother. 
you run home to look for mother uh, because he is a safe place that you can be, you know, when you can be uh, around the mother. But for, my, for me, it was a tragic. Uh, I came from... Um, so the, you, were, you were praying on the shores of Lake Taganika? Yeah, we have a game where children, other children... And then you heard loud gunshots and people yeah. screaming. Yes. So when I went back home, um, as I, I approached um, the house, um, we had the livestock, you know. So as I approached the house, I saw the blood. And the, we were not like a slow animal often, you know. Uh, in the beginning, I get quite excited. But... Uh, when he, uh, as he enter home, and that trail of blood was also going inside, and the, uh, uh, my shock, I found um, it was the blood of my mother. Yeah. Uh, my mother, she was laying in the floor, in her pool of blood. She's, uh, I mean, she was a step. Um, I don't know uh, if it's a gunshot or, but what I know is she had a uh, wound on the neck and the, some part of the body, you know. Uh, so she was in the process of dying as I got in the house. Yeah. And uh, was this rebels that did this? Yes, I'm sure it might be, but uh, I can't tell who was, you know, because I was not there, so I could not see but I am sure it's a tribal war. For sure was the people which is the another tribal, which is the attacker, because she was a, a Hutu. So she must be some Tutsi who came in the house and the attacker. That's the, um, what I can say. Yeah. And I've, I've read quite a bit about it. Um, and I've seen that. I mean, there was there was obviously so much killing. I think during the time of that war, I think it said three hundred thousand people had had been killed. Yeah, I, I think he, um, in the world, you know, um, is a between Rwanda and Burundi is the same war. You know, in a very short period, they were killed more people than any war ever happened in the world. In such a short period of time. Yeah, in that very short period of time. There were so many people died than anywhere else in the world, as the statistics say. And when you got home and saw your mother, uh, what did you do? Yeah, um, I was young and um, I went to her and I sit with her down. I tried to uplift her to... To keep her to some um, position, which she was screaming, and the, in the process, uh, the pain was too hard. So I hold her until she passed on, uh, and the, the blood from her, it just come over me, and it get dry, it get thicker. And the, for after some time, she could not move the eyes. Eyes used, it was moved before. But she was fixing her eyes straight on me. So um, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I just get, I put her down and I went out as going to 
find my uncle, you know, someone elder can come to assist. And that is a time, alas, uh, I believe she was left down to decompose down there. Yeah. And when you were there with her, uh, were you able to speak at all to her? Or? Yeah, uh, all time was she tried to talk. Uh, the voice could not come, you know. She was the, had the open wound on the neck. So the voice could not come. I think the voice box was damaged years. That he, um, but he, I heard some word uh, which he, I could remember just like he looked after your brother and he um, never kill. Um, always run, don't fight. Uh, I mean, uh, and I remember, I remember before, well, I mean, always you have famous word, if you can't create, you don't kill. So always she used to advise me, run as much as you can, you know. Uh, and uh, she obviously, she was saying, don't kill. Yes. Because I'm sure she she knew that people do take kids and, and force them to fight. And Yes, she, I think she knew that uh, that will happen, uh, whereby... Some older people will take a young kid to force them into war and to become a child soldier. And I think she was afraid that I might be one. Uh, but at the same time, I happened to be one. Yeah. And uh, once she passed away, you said you, you ran out of your house? Yes. And you went to go look for your uncle? Yes. I was hoping that I could find him as an older person. He can come to assist me with her, you know. I mean, I was completely bewildered, you know. Um, mother is the only person which I have, you know. Um, I had no one. So for me, she was everything to me, you know. And to lose her was a tragic for my life, you know. Uh, I was completely bewildered. As I was asking, I was asking the world, I mean, uh, I mean, world of men and women, why I have to be my mother? This is the only one I have. Uh, I had no one else. And uh, after you ran to find your uncle, you said you, you couldn't find him, right? Yeah, I was forced with people by force to go with them, you know. They're taking me. I think they were afraid that I'm going to get killed also to be there. So they forced me by force. I was crying to go to my mother, but they took me by force. And he, uh, I end up uh, in Congo after a long time, uh, after many days of walking. So the, the people that took you, you traveled with them to Congo? Yeah, after many days of walking. And uh, I mean, what was that journey like for you? Um, because that's a, that's a far walk. Yeah, I mean, I was a child. You, my, my feet were swollen and the... Um, I mean, it's something uh, which I went through is not, um, is indescribable. If I can say, I can put in a few words. There's no way I can, I can describe it, what I went through that. And did you only travel by foot? Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. To some extent, it was a, a place where we canoeing, but uh, most of the time was feet. Yeah. And when you arrived in the Congo, where did you stay? United Nation uh, UNICEF camp. A refugee camp? Yes, UNICEF uh, camp for the children. Yeah. 
So I end up in Yusuf camp. What were the conditions like for you in the camp? It's a tragic. No one can wish someone to be in a camp. I was a child. I had no help, you know. I was someone, I was at an age where I need someone to look after me. And he had no one to look after me. So it was a tragic which he, uh, I can't explain. You know where he can explain. I mean, he, this is a child which he have to have a parent or someone elder look after him. But he, unfortunately, I had no one. And were you staying with other families or with other kids? Some families, yeah. I mean, it was a mix, yeah. It was a mix, yeah. Some, I stayed in some family, and uh, there's come time which I was by my own, you know. Uh, I mean, it was a mix, mix up situation. It was a mix up situation that which I was, yeah. And uh, did you eventually ever find any any of your family members again? I found my brother, which was killed there, and uh, regard to that, no. So uh, you found your brother at the camp? Yeah. And the, there were um, rebels attacking the camp, try to, I mean, catch the children to enslave them to become a child soldier. In the process, that's where I get killed. So while you were at the camp, you ran into your brother? Yes. And uh, the rebels were actually attacking the camp. Attacking the camp, want to children to enslave them into a child soldier. Because the UNICEF camp, you know, always is a target. Is where they can get the children. So they were, ta- they were taking children into a soldier. So um, in that process is where he was, he was shot. Can you tell me more about that day? What exactly happened? Um... He, I mean, I remember they come, the attack, so we start to run. I was pulling him as we walk, and he, I heard gunshot. That he, he reminded me uh, back home, uh, Iranian conscious, you know, because he fell down. And he, when he, Iranian conscious, he actually, um, that saved me. So uh, you fell unconscious? Yes. Uh, I, when he, I was running with him, I pulled him. As he fell down, when he shot, I ran cautious. So the blood from him uh, streaming over me also, and that's what he, he saved me, he saved my life. Because the rebels, when they come there, they thought I was also shot. But he actually was my brother, Brad. I mean, he also, I didn't bury him. It came a time that we did leave him that he, um, I believe was compost there. So he was just, he was just left there? Yeah. So I believe it was the compost also. And then what happened after that incident? After a while, when he again conscious, is when they realized he was there and he, they kidnapped me also with the other children. We end up in their uh, hand. That was the beginning for me as a child, as a child soldier. Um, that was the uh, moment which I became a child soldier. And he, yeah.
And when they took you, uh, what kind of things did they make you do? Were you fighting or? We were uh, kind of too young to fight. So what did they used to, they used us, we take a food from where they are to the front line where people are, you know. That was like our job. Uh, from one side of the camp to another side, I mean, uh, from where their battalion is uh, to take a food to forward where people are fighting in front and carrying people who are wounded there, carrying them back. So we did that for a while. Um, so you uh, were like a runner? Yes. Uh, we were too young to fight, so they make us as a, yeah, as a runner. Um, How were you treated in the camp? Uh, very bad. Uh, 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 I mean, you're not like a human, you know. Uh, they treat you as a soldier, but you are a baby. I mean, you're a kid. How can a kid be a soldier, uh, you know? But they treat you like you're an adult. Yes, yeah. You, I mean, you, they must put you online. You must see... Um, brainwash in order to obey and to align with them, you know. So you treated as an adult and the adult as a soldier. And I know in these, uh, I, I know a lot of the time the kids that were taken um, were were treated and abused. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Did you ever experience any of that? Um, physically, yes. Um, what the... Um, I was beaten up many times. Um, yeah, um, some of my friends, I mean, uh, which they were friend we meet there in the camp, you know. They were killed because of that, you know. Uh, so many times we, we were beaten. Um, so we can be online, we can stay in line, you know. Uh, and did you and your friends ever try and escape? Yes. Uh, we try many times. Um, we try first time. They caught us third time, second time. Um, third time, they take your lips and cut, uh, put a knife, I mean, cut us in the end, bayonet knife. So we did try to escape, and in the process, uh, I lost some of our friend. When he, three time, fourth time, they took, uh, five of, of children, which they are thinking the one who influenced us to escape, and they were older than us, you know. So they take those five, uh, they put them um, in the front, and they, they took younger than them from them. They were older, but they took younger than them. They uh, line them also, and they, they give them gun. And their duty was to shoot those uh, who are older. So five younger kids yes. had to shoot the five older kids yes. who they thought was the ones that instigated it, the escape. Yes. And the, uh, they did that. And us, we got warning. If we're going to try again, we're going to be the one who's going to get shot. So they cut our lips. Knowing that um, if you escape again and they caught you, you are one one of who uh, 
guy who caught like you escape and you got a lip mark. It's a way of marking you yes. so they know who's already tried to escape. Yes. And he, uh, that he, there is no way that he, you're going to have mercy again, you know. Uh, when they see you got a mark, straight you're going to get killed, you know. But you still did try to escape again. We escape. Uh, uh, we did try again and you make sure that never come, never caught. Uh, and if you are caught, you just know that we're going to be dead, you know. So... And and w- what happened with that escape? How did that go? Um, there's an area which people are not guarding, you know. It was like forest and no one think you're going to be crazy enough to go there, you know, in the forest. There's a wild animal and everything, mosquito, everything. No one with a right mind will go try to go to the forest because you know that it is your end. If you go and you won't come out. Yes, a lot of swamp, there's a, those swamp, they got a crocodile and the, I mean, is a, there's a, so many wild animal that no one wished to go there. So and we, how many of you managed to escape? I think we were 30. Yeah. Uh, 30, I can't remember that uh, well, but. Uh, there was a lot of you. Yeah. Um, and uh, when we tried to escape in the process, that's why in the beginning, um, one of uh, our friend, he, he died. I mean, he was the first to die. As we escaped, um, we were crossing the river. We, As we crossed it, I was like he, second from the last, you know, uh, or, th- or, or f- number four from the last. So as I crossed it, we saw someone else in our back. He just see screaming, and he he went down. We could we we could not sure if it's a crocodile, but we assume it's crocodile. He was catch him, and he went down and he up. We see a blood, but he was uh, the water was the um, kind of milk water because of um, rain and the. Uh, because of the rapids and stuff, the, yeah. the water was probably very dirty. Yes, you you could you could not you the, the, it was not clear. So we see it. Um, easy. Uh, he, he went down. He come up again. Down up. So it was like he pushed him and tried to drown him while he's bait, biting him. That was the first death. So in the, our process, as we move, first person we lose, we lose him there in the. Uh, uh, river, and he, after that, it was a, a tragic and I, I mean, a, unexplainable, you know. Um, we start to lose one by one, uh, as we go, you know, uh, one by one, get um, died so many different deaths, you know, uh, sickness, animals, disease, snake, uh. One by one, it start to go, and the the sad thing is, um, some people will die like today, you know. Um, sometime we go in circle, and you will come back to that area where our friend died, and because so many days pass, when we got there, we start to smell from distance, but we don't know 
where are we going into? We don't know where it's about it. Yeah. Uh, so you were just going around in circles the whole time in the rainforest because you didn't know where you were going. Yes, the forest is so thick that uh, you, there's no direction. We don't know where we're going. Uh, the tree are tall, maybe maybe three hundred years old. They are tall. We can't see. We, I mean, we didn't know where we are. We didn't know where we are going. We just lost for. I mean, for a long time. I remember a night uh, we could not sleep at all. You know, always when you hear movement, you are very very scared. What it is is I'm gonna be next. Either a snake, maybe it's gonna bite me, or is the animal uh, is gonna bite me, or so always fear of being next because we didn't hope we were gonna survive. There's a time we went, I think, from thirty to twenty-five or thirty to eight or seven of us, you know. So you know that. He, you are next. You, there's no way you're going to survive that. There's no way you're going to survive. And the, the worst, he, it was when we, we were left two of us. That is what was worse than all. Because he, I didn't want to left, uh, I mean, alone, like he, to be the last. So, all the time, I wish to die first. And my friend, he wished the same thing. Because you didn't want to be left alone? Yes. Because if he, he died, I was going to be alone. How am I going to survive? Or if he died, he was going to be alone. So we are all praying for... To be the next one? Yes. So you guys went from roughly 25, 30 people down yes. to two people? Yes. And while you were in the forest, what kind of animals did you come across? I know you said snakes Snake, and crocodiles. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, a cheetah, uh, even he, he killed one of us. Uh, one a of, cheetah killed one of one of you guys? Yes. How did that happen? Uh, I think he was a cub and he, my friend he went close to him. So he was in protection of protecting, protecting cub. So he, the, the, the cheetah was protecting her cubs? Yeah, so he attacked her. He attacked him. Uh, I think he's uh, some eyes, kind of. He got you off. And he, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, now that there was only two of you guys left, um, how did you eventually manage to escape the rainforest? Yeah, uh, after a long time um, of walking in circle, one day we saw very far uh, there's a mountain. So we start to walk to, toward that mountain. I can say it's by God's grace for us to be able to see that, you know, because we never see before, you know. We went there like in the center of uh, forest. You can't see a hundred meters from you. You can't see anything there, you know, or 10 meters from you, you can't see. So we were in the situation that you could see um mountain. So we walked for, I think, three days, four days, uh, go toward that mountain until we get there. 
And the, when we got there, we found the um, United Nations um, truck, yeah, busy searching the forest because they know some people lost in the forest. So they, they were searching the edges of the forest the edge because of, yes. so many people would run into the forest to, yes. to escape yes. and get lost. Yes. And, the, and that process is when he, my friend also was got shot. As we come out, you know, rebels, they shot him. So this United Nation, as he searching for the children, they found him shot and he, they took him and I uh, to the hospital where they imputed him his leg. He survived though? Yeah. Okay, amazing. He, he, he's here. Uh, he's uh, someone which um, I came with. And how did you manage to find your way from uh, the Congo to South Africa? Yeah, that is a, another tough story. Uh, was he someone uh, who helped us? Was he working in the United Nations? Uh, which he recognized us, he recognized me from uh, first UNICEF camp, whereby he assisted us with the money. He helped us from uh, Congo to Zambia, to Zimbabwe, and I mean, we find some guys who were much older than us. So, we, in the process, we the one who, who bring us here, yeah. And from here, uh, we got separate. Uh, uh, I, I remember I came to um, Johannesburg, and he, that time um, there were um, people looking for the body part of a human. So one pastor he told me from church, Methodist church, uh, he told me. If you stay here because you are a child, you get possibility of be killed and your body can be used for the multi. For, for the, the human trafficking, for body parts. Yes. Uh, he says, so here I don't think it's good for you. And if you're going to Deben, it's the same thing. The multi, Eastern Cape is the same thing. Only place you can go you can go in Cape Town. I think because Cape Town, the majority of people are not uh, black, uh, and the black people, they are one who practice that. Uh, Those traditions. Yes. And I think I'm sure with you as a refugee, being very young with no family, you would be a, a, a target. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what he thought. And he, uh, that's why he helped me uh, to get me a ticket of train uh, to Cape Town to Cape Town and I know life here has been just as tough for you as well I came from uh, from nanny school and the, I went to grade 12 so when you got to Cape Town yes because you had no schooling you went straight into grade 12 yeah I, I left home when I was grade 1 so I came here Cape Town. I went straight to grade 12. And he, by God's grace, he passed my metric. In one year, and he, I was studying alone. I didn't have a teacher or lecture. And you still managed to pass your metric? Yes. 
plus he was corresponding, you know. So to go further in the, uh, in the university, that's where I stuck, you know. Because it's very expensive, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 I have to first fight for survive. I mean, he, that's where I stuck and he, very sad, yeah, very, very sad. And what do you do now to, to sustain yourself and make money? Yeah, I did go to Cape College. Uh, I trained myself in a different thing, uh, like uh, plumbing uh, and the other trade you're learning the, as, I go, as I go through, you know. So now um, I work as a builder. I've, I can't do it, but because I don't have resource, it's almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, even some people, once you don't have a resource, automatically they doubt you if you can do the job. And I know you, and I know you're a hard worker, and I know yeah. you're incredibly intelligent. Yeah. So I just wanted to say to anyone out there, if uh, you're in the Cape Town area and you have potential work for Umdalaga, uh, please contact me on Instagram, uh, Josh Wide Awake. And uh, I can put you in touch with him if you have any jobs or anything like that. Uh, just contact me, okay? Thank you. It's a pleasure, Umdalaga. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming down and speaking to me today Thank and sharing you. your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Wide Awake Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you guys got something out of Umdalaga's story. It's very powerful and uh, I'm sure one that's quite hard to tell. So I appreciate you coming down. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, guys, cheers. I'll see you next week.